Go wild with Nation Gear's end of regular season merch madness sale. Nation Gear is offering our favorite fans 20% off all regular season merch. And we're going to give you free shipping on any orders over $200. Stock up your closet for the playoffs. Rep your team and grab that merch you've been eyeing up all season long. Don't wait. This sale only lasts from April 1st until April 7th. Shop the sale at nationgear.ca. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the Puck Poolies Podcast with Matt Larkin and Stephen Ellis. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest Puck Poolies podcast. It's Matt Larkin here, as always, with Stephen Ellis. And I'm I'm pumped about today's show, Stephen. I don't know why. I just like our material. I'm feeling it. But before we get to it, what's the latest with your six-team league? Well, uh, it went down to the wire with a guy who basically lost every single matchup last week, and I unfortunately did lose. And part of it was I was telling him in the early in the week, I'm like, Here's a tip. Don't blow all four of your, uh, your roster moves um, in the early in the week. Well, I did. <laughs> that killed me at the end when I really needed a goalie. But it gets worse. I tried to make a trade, not realizing it was a 24-hour like, limit before, or a 24-hour break before a trade could happen. And I requested a trade with uh, one of the guys where I was going to give him uh, Carter Verhage, and he was going to pick up James Reimer for me because he was supposed to start, and then I would take James Reimer. Now, make the trade because uh, neither of us were able to make the trade Saturday. And on the Sunday, I'm like, okay, this might be what saves me. I'm already winning. I just need like a goalie to get six points and at minimum. And the trade did obviously did not go through in time. And I lost by, I think, 10 points. But uh, that was tough. That was tough to lose. Like that was the closest matchup. But I won my other matchup in my 12-team league against Scouts. So I'm doing really well there. But uh, how about you? How's your league going? Well, it's a disaster or a massive <laughs> success. I'm the worst rebuilder or tanker in history because, of course, this is supposed to be my tank season. After two weeks, I'm first overall by accident. Uh, like I've traded away my entire team. I traded four players for Rupa Hints. I traded a bunch of guys for Heiskanen. I've been trying to get first-round picks for next year. And after two weeks, I'm 15 games over 500. I'm, my record is in the head-to-head league is 19-4-2. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's because Jake Sanderson is playing so well, and then guys I picked up, like Trevor Moore, James Van Reems, like somehow my team is dominating, and this is a disaster because I don't know if this keeps happening. I'm going to have to pivot, I guess, and turn into a buyer team, but like that was not the plan. Hey, if you win, you win. <laughs> but the league is so stacked. Like, there are other teams that have so many better players. It makes no sense 
that my team is doing this well. So I don't know if it's sustainable, but it's not fluky wins either. Like the team has been putting up monster numbers. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But this is kind of funny that <laughs> I'm literally trying not to win and I'm in first place out of 16 teams. That's come that's, on. That's kind of a weird spot to be in. Now, I got to say, with McDavid being out for a week to two weeks more, I'm assuming more than one week, whoever has to face him this week, uh, they're very lucky. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, and I will say, I'm not tanking would be the wrong word. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to win. I wasn't. I was trying to play for next year, but I also would never. You know, leave empty spots in my lineup. I'm still going to pick up players that I think are good off the wire and be competitive. I just didn't think I'd be this competitive. So, who knows? But let's uh, let's get started with some pickup talk, Stephen. All right, let's start with the shallow pickup of the week, and it's Sean Dersey, who is one of my favorite young defensemen in the NHL. Yes, Sean Dersey, if my old pal Alan Walsh, the agent, is listening, he'll be excited about this one. That's his guy. Sean Dersey, defenseman, Arizona Coyotes, available in 37% of Yahoo leagues. And it's funny, uh, in the summer, I predicted that Dersey was going to be a really good value pick because I thought eventually he would earn the power play one job uh, in Arizona. I didn't think it was going to happen already, but it has. He's been an ice time monster, playing 23 minutes a game, had a 29-minute game so far this season. He can play both sides of the ice. And I just like that he's contributing to so many different categories. So if you look since the start of last season, 77 games, 11 goals, 42 points, 149 blocks, 124 shots, 71 hits, not bad either. So I think you're looking at a guy who's going to put up like a 10 goal, 40 assists, 50 point season and be a major asset in the blocks category. So I think Sean Dersey proving to be just the value I thought he was going to be in, in uh, fantasy hockey this year. And that's a guy that never gave up. He was passed over in his first NHL draft and has come come on strong. He was drafted by the Leafs, goes to the Kings. Now he's looking good this year. So uh, I think that he's someone that people need to keep a close eye on. Speaking of somebody who's having a bit of a you know a bounce back, a, a second chance, how about Kakanyemi? Yes, just Barry Kakanyemi. He's available in 84% of leagues. And he's not someone that I typically have been super high on in fantasy often feels like he's a bust when you go back to that 2018 draft in which the Canadians passed on Brady Kachuk, of course, Quinn Hughes. But he's still only 23 years old. And if you look at the rookies in the league this year, there have been 45 rookie skaters. 12 of them are older than Jesperi Kakanyemi. So 26.7% of the rookie skaters in the NHL this year are older than Kakanyemi. And this is his sixth year in the NHL. So it just... Shows you how young he was when he started. He was the youngest player in the entire league as a rookie. And he's still pretty young. So there is time for him to realize that potential. Already has seven points in his first six games. He's pretty much locked in as Carolina's number two center. And he also had more than 100 hits last year. So he's more physical than he gets credit for. Also had a career high in points. Topped 40 for the first time last year as well. So suddenly it's like, okay. Kakanyemi, this could be a guy who's a 50-point player. He might get you another 100 hits. Second-line center on a very good team, going to have quality linemates. And I'm like, okay, he should be owned in more than 16% of leagues. Let's not forget when he got drafted by Montreal, that was a surprising pickup at the time. And then it felt like the Canadians tried their best to justify it, and they rushed him early. Had he taken a bit of longer time to develop, who knows where his career would be at this point, mm -hmm. but it's good to see him starting to figure it all out. So I'm 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 happy for him there. You know, good kid, good guy. Um, so good to see. Uh, now this is a guy I did not expect to see, mostly because I just I didn't believe he'd be able to do it all over again. But Tommy Novak, yeah, Tommy Novak, Nashville Predator is available in 95% of leagues. And if you look at just the depth chart, which you can find, of course, on Daily Faceoff. 
Uh, he is listed as the number three center, but if you scroll down a little further, you'll see he's the number one center on the power play, the top power play unit. He's being used as the primary offensive playmaker. If you look at Nashville's other options up the middle, Ryan O'Reilly, more of an all-around player, Colton Sissons, Cody, Cody Glass as well, pretty smart player, can play an all-around game, but it seems like Novak is going to be the pure offensive guy. Already four goals in his first six games. And if you trace it back to last year, he was almost a point-per-game player in the second half somehow. And since the middle of last season, he has 39 points in his last 42 games. That's not a player that can be available in 95% of leagues. you got to pick him up. I know it doesn't feel like he's his household name, but he's putting up points and at this point, we don't have to really overthink it. He's just, he's scoring. He's distributing the puck. He's even scoring goals this year. So just go get Tommy Novak. And, you know, he's not a household name, but he's got a great name. Tommy Novak seems like a criminal <laughs> that you'd be seeing in a Batman movie. So, uh, and uh, last up, WTF pickup, Joseph Wool. Okay, so everybody knows the gif from the office, Steve Carell running around. Running, I think I think it's the fire drill. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Ew, ew. It's happening. The Joseph Wool, the thing, the thing that I was talking about all summer long. It's happening way earlier than I expected, which is the Joseph Wool takeover. We knew it was going to be a possibility, but Ilya Samsonov struggling so badly to start the season. Sheldon keep already calling him out. It's reached the point now where already the Leafs are in a hot hand situation in net. So Joseph Wool, if he continues to play well and outplay Samsonov, he's going to take over as the 1A. He's available in 70% of leagues. That is unacceptable. He needs to be owned in almost every league. And I said this in the summer. This is your league winner goalie pick. He's the real deal. He plays on a Stanley Cup contender. And if he gets that starting job, he's going to be extremely valuable in fantasy. It's crazy that he's still available in so many leagues. So you need to pause the podcast right now and go at him and then resume. And you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, I don't want want to burn another uh, pickup this week, but I will say the one thing about him was when he was, he's drafted, he, I think he kind of outplayed his draft projection. He he was on the world junior team in 2018. Looked pretty darn good there. Um, I think the, it was funny looking back at that team and Jeremy Swayman was the third goalie on that team. Um, But he had all these injuries and he barely played, you know, he, he played just under half a season in 2019, 20, his first pro season. The next year he played 15 games. The year after that, he played four, uh, played four in the, the Leafs and 15 in the AHL last year. He started the year injured, but then played lights out ever since. This is a guy that the Leafs could have easily given up on and they didn't, they stuck with him. They, they truly have believed in him this whole time. And, you know, whether it be a different GM or a different goalie coach, they've stuck with them. They see the results and, I was going to say that they didn't do anything to address their backup situation this year. They did go out and get Martin Jones, who, after watching him a few times in the AHL, I'm starting to understand why he's in the AHL. Um, but uh, with Joseph Wool, uh, it's you know it's cool to see he's at this point where we didn't know what his future was because he's more, you know he's an older rookie. He's what, 25 years old now, but uh, so he's on the older side of things. But he's continued to fight back after step back after step back step back all these times. He's been able to make it work. So good to see that. Yeah, that's right. 928 save percentage so far in a 13-game sample and regular season play. <clears throat> Excuse me, a frog in my throat. And what's interesting about Wool is like this might be the Leafs' first homegrown goalie prospect. They're not a franchise yeah, wow. known for many of those, but James Reimer was probably the last one who broke through and was pretty effective for at least a period of time. So it's been a while, and uh, we'll see where this leads. Yeah, and it's honestly, if you look at goalie development, it is pretty rare to have more than like one really solid goalie uh developed over in a decade but um you know 
Reimer does feel like a long time ago now. We're talking about one of the older backups in the NHL at this point. So uh, getting him to uh, get, getting a guy like Wool to be the, the guy after many thought Ian Scott was going to be the guy. Um, obviously, a lot of injuries there that unfortunately derailed that. But Wool's been able to overcome that. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, exactly. So, Stephen, let's try a special section here. It's still a little early in the season for major, uh, you know, overreactions, as we discussed last week. But uh, I think it is at least the early juncture where people are not knowing what to do about certain players that are slow starters. So let's play panic and don't panic. So throw me some names and we'll discuss whether it's time to panic or not. All right, let's start with Matthew Kachuk, who I actually sat a few days ago in uh, my other pool. Yeah, so no goals in his first five games. Uh, and you do have to wonder, is the recovery a little bit slow coming back from the scary sternum injury that he suffered in the Stanley Cup final? Um, overall, I I grade him as a don't panic He's still showing elite play driving ability, his line. So it's consistent with what we saw last year. So I do think the points are going to come. He's playing better than the overall numbers indicate. So he's definitely a don't panic for me. He's still going to be a first round value as a player this year. He still played like pretty solid hockey while like half put together during the playoffs uh, when he was already injured. So like, yeah, I, when he gets, when he gets fully back into the swing of things, I'm not worried at all. Uh, Here's a guy I'm also not worried about because we know he's up and down, but we'll often get back up. Connor Hellebuck. So Connor Hellebuck, 878 save percentage after four games. And obviously the Jets are not going to be as good this year. At least I don't think they are after what they gave up and what they brought in to replace Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake, and Blake Wheeler. I don't think what they got is as good as what they gave up over the summer. So the wins are going to be harder to come by. Overall, what I'm really worried about is Connor Hellebuck plays better with bad defense in front of him. Historically, he's had a great career as a Jet, and they're always leaving him hanging out to dry. This year, the Jets' defensive metrics are better, and I think that's actually a problem for Connor Hellebuck. Last year, I interviewed him, and he told me he's a rhythm goaltender because I talked to him about getting shelled, playing so much. He's a goalie who plays better when he's getting a lot of action. He's not getting as much action because the Jets are a bit better defensively. His numbers are suffering, and that's actually a concern because also the Jets as a whole, maybe they're going to score less too. They're not going to win as many games. If he's not as busy, he might not be as effective. So I'm actually calling Connor Hellebuck a panic. That doesn't mean he's going to be terrible, but I don't know if he's going to be a top three fantasy goaltender this year. He might be more of a top 10, a top 12. So I think there's some reason to worry there. Okay, that's that's fair enough. I, I again I expect him to play fewer games in the last couple of years. Uh, the one thing I'll say is he he was on After Hours on uh, Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, and just kind of hearing him explain how he was a walk on in the NAHL, which is like technically the same level I believe as the USHL, but not exactly super highly regarded. You don't ever really get a ton of top prospects in that league, and uh, he was a walk on on his team after getting after going undrafted in the NHL draft and the USHL draft, and you look at him now. So it's kind of a cool story there. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, next up, Jared McCann. Yeah, so the Seattle Kraken, obviously, they do not look like what they were a year ago. They were a team that was scoring by a lot of depth. They had some puck luck, and Jared McCann was one of them. Had 40 goals last year, but he, he did it shooting 19.8%. His career mark is 12.1, so he was a very obvious regression candidate going into the year. Now we see he has two goals, two points in six games. I'm not actually that surprised. We knew the puck luck was not sustainable. He's shooting at 11.8%, much closer to his career norm. So I don't think he's going to go back to the 40-goal level. I think we're looking at more 25, maybe 30. So 
if you're basing the panic, don't panic question on the standard he set last year, then I say panic. I don't think you're going to get that version of Jared McCann. Yep. Uh, yeah. Seattle's just not a good spot to be picking up dudes right now. Uh, next up, it is Trevor Zegers. So if one point in five games, I actually had a conversation with someone else in my league about whether he should pick up uh, uh, Zegers or Carlson. And I'm like, well, I really like Carlson, but Zegers still feels like the safer bet. And Carlson then ended up getting a healthy scratch. But Zegers still only has one point to show for. Yes, one point in five games. Uh, I typically have been a Trevor Zegers apologist. I believe in the talent, even if his game is not complete. And if you look under the hood, he is driving the play. The shot attempts, the high danger attempts, those are all up. So he's actually playing well. He's only 22 years old. So I do think the points are coming. I'm actually not worried despite the ugly start to the season. So I'm calling Trevor Zegers a don't panic. Okay. I, I got to agree there. And then we're heading back to Trevall. I guess it's not Morgan Riley anymore. But you want to talk about Tyler Bertuzzi, if I'm correct? Yes, I did have Morgan Riley. So if anyone's watching, that's why the graphic said that. But then I changed my mind and I wanted to talk about Tyler Bertuzzi. So Bertuzzi, one goal in five games. Uh, I don't think he has shown a lot of chemistry with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And I've said it before, it's not about speed per se, but it's more like mentally. I just don't know if he's keeping up with their creativity. I'm not thinking it's a great fit. Now we know Sheldon Keefe has already implied that Tyler Bertuzzi is playing through some kind of injury as well. He's not 100%. He's only playing 15 minutes, 15, 56 a game. So everything I'm seeing so far, it's early, but I'm not loving the fit with Bertuzzi and the Leafs at this point in the season. So even if he does find a fit, it might end up being lower in the lineup. So I would say panic if you are a Tyler Bertuzzi owner. I, I will point out, though, we talked a lot uh, in the offseason about Matthew Nice, Max Domi, and Tyler Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi's got the one point. Max Domi's got three assists. He's finally starting to figure out. Matthew Nice scored twice in a game, three points in five games at this point. Kind of quiet from those three. Uh, and they all started a little, well, other than Bertuzzi, but we saw Domi and, and Nice start to pick up the last couple games. But are you are you concerned about the trio? Not really. I think if I was making predictions at the start of the year, to me, Domi is who he thought he was. He's a player who's great on bad teams. He's not so great on good teams. He's going to play lower in the lineup. He's bad defensively, has some skill and grit. To me, he's kind of as advertised. Bertuzzi, I did expect to show a little more, so maybe that's a bit of a surprise. But Nice is the guy that I was projecting eventually to win that battle. And I think he does look the best out of the three early on, so I'm not surprised. Okay. I, I can't uh, disagree there. All right, it is time for the tip of the week, and it's something that I've been kind of praising for a while. Uh, power play deployment is everything for defensemen in fantasy because that's where they get the points. That's right, and it sounds like, oh, yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. Uh, power play, yes, fine guys who play in the power play. But that's an oversimplification. What I'm saying is with this tip of the week is if you look at a forward, yes, of course, you want every forward to play in the power play, but there are plenty of forwards that are still quite effective playing a lot of five on five, they kill penalties, They maybe they're playing 20 minutes a night, there are more ways to score because you're just getting to the net more. But for defensemen in particular, I think you have to pay a lot more attention to where they're being deployed. So it can suddenly destroy the value of a pretty good fantasy defenseman if he's removed from the top power play. So Morgan Riley was the example, the concern going into the season. And if a defenseman who's sort of marginal in fantasy value suddenly gets put on the top power play unit. His value can change so quickly. Look what happened to Evan Bouchard down the stretch last year, Michael Matheson in Montreal, John Kligberg in Toronto as well, Sean Dersey we talked about at the top of the show. So if you're going to pay attention to power plays league-wide 
focus on the defenseman, they are the guys whose values can fluctuate a lot. And every time someone new gets that spot on a power play one, he can become an important pickup, even if he's not, it doesn't have like a high uh, ownership tag in fantasy. So you have to pay a lot of attention. Power plays, everything for defensemen in fantasy. I know a good website that tells you lines and they tell you power plays. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I think it's called dailyfaceoff.com. Yes, and it's a, I, I literally look at that for see who's on the power play one, and that's how I make a lot of decisions. Uh, I will say somebody did drop Keandre Miller to bring in Michael Matheson, but that's a story for a different day. Anyways, I guess it's time for our guest. Yes, next up we have our old friend from the Hockey News, a very sharp guy, Jason Chan. Okay, we are very pleased to bring back our pal, a special guest, doing us a real solid, by the way. He's out west right now. It's very early. He might have just rolled out of bed. Jason Chen, Jason Chen of the Hockey News, fantasy writer and also co-host of Sleepers and Keepers, a new fantasy podcast. Jason, thank you for rising so early. How are you doing, my friend? I'm well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's okay. It's not that bad. Uh, you guys are living in the future, so you have to tell me what goes on later tonight so I can win my fantasy pool. It's not even sunny for you, I'm guessing, right now, is it? No, it's like super dark. Yeah. But I'm up early anyway because the hockey world gets started early because it's on Eastern time most of the time. Yeah. That's right. And that means that you get a 3.30 start the first game of the day with these staggered 16 games tonight. Your last yeah. game eight. That's pretty sweet. You're in a, you're in a prime spot to enjoy the 32-team uh, day. Uh, <laughs> so, Jason, let's dive into it. We're into sure. – full season advice now that we're into the rhythm of the, of the fantasy hockey season. So if you're a, a proponent of zero goalie or zero G as some people call it, is there a goalie that you might've put outside your preseason top 25 who has a lot of juice to become fantasy relevant? Like in terms of maybe someone who's changed your opinion already. Yeah. So I'm cheating a little bit because I had this guy as my 26th rank goalie. <laughs> so he just missed the cut, but Aiden Hill on the, Vegas Golden Knights. He's off to a fantastic start. I think the Knights look like they have a real good chance at defending their championship. And given the way Bruce Cassidy plays uh, their defense, I think he's going to have great stats. Never mind that, you know, Logan Thompson's still part of the mix. I think if you are looking at zero goalie strategies, you're also trying to get some quality out of it. And I think you're going to get a lot of quality out of Aiden Hill right now. If you actually look at their their save percentage, just the f- standard normal save percentage, you got Logan Thompson at 0.935 and Aid Hill at 0.934. That is incredibly yeah. consistent. I, yeah. I mean, like it, they're probably not going to keep that up for the entire season, but even just a little regression to even like 920, 915, that's still top tier, pretty top tier anyway. And if they could stay both close and just like, yeah, both goals could stay close, like that's massive. Like, yeah, huge. Again, I'm a big Logan Thompson fan, but yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I, I think that. That's a that's a one heck of a goaltending duo. Considering when you look at this goalie duo last year at the start of the year, everyone's like, "Well, this is a disaster." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now it's like, "Well, they've won the Stanley Cup, so it must work out." So uh, on that note, though, that's actually a good reason to go with a zero G strategy because you just never know, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And most of the time, if you're using a zero G strategy, the goalies who get a lot of starts are already taken already. So if you can't get the quantity, then go for the quality. No, that, that's true. I, mm-hmm. I'm i aggressive and always pick a goalie pretty early, and I know that's mm-hmm. not what most people do, but it keeps working. So when it eventually stops working, that's when I'll stop doing it. <laughs> there's there's like three or four goalies that are really worth taking the top. So this year I took Jake Ottinger really early, and then I saved the rest for the last because I, I really need that one reliable guy, but God forbid he gets injured or something. Yeah, I picked Georgiev, and then Tristan Jari has been not so great. So uh, The Pens in general, not so great no. right now. 
yeah, kind of was hoping bigger things for them. But we know you're a numbers guy. Uh, Based on the analytics, who would you say is screaming buy low early on this year? Uh, there's a couple guys, and it's it's always tough to say because we're only like what five six games into the season. Uh, but one guy I really like is Trevor Zegers on the Ducks. Uh, 5.18 expected goals for uh, via natural stat trick at five on five, uh, but only two goals for on the ice. So uh, there's a big discrepancy there uh, among fours. That's the fifth highest difference. Uh, nine shots on the power play and no power play goals yet. He's Shooting way more than Mason McTavish. Usually that power play runs through McTavish a little bit. Um, but I like Zegris, and I, I like the upside, too, with Leo Carlson there now. I'm glad you mentioned Trevor Zegers. We just were mentioning him <laughs> earlier on the show in, in our Panic Don't Panic, and I labeled oh, him okay. Panic. So you're making me yeah, yeah. feel good, Jason. Um, so on the flip side of the coin, is there someone that's already shown you some alarming numbers that make you want to sell that person high? Uh, maybe not the numbers, but definitely his role. Uh, I don't trust anyone on the Carolina Hurricanes, really. So Tuevo Teravainen uh, kind of scares me a little bit. Playing top line with Sebastian Ajo out. But we know Sebastian Ajo is coming back. Teravainen's always been like a really hot and cold player before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys avoid Hurricanes. Like other than Ajo and Svechnikov, I think they just spread out their ice time way too much for any one player to really stand out. So he's the guy I'd probably think about selling high right now, although he just had two games where he had zero points and minus three. So I don't know how, how much you can sell high now. Fair. I, yeah. I have Teravinen in one of my pools. And the one thing I'll say is today is the hardest day I've ever had of setting a fantasy lineup. Yeah, when within 16 games, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, I... Yeah. Don't like this day, actually. It kind of sucks. Uh, so I guess just to kind of reverse the topic there. So which slow starting big name is not a buy low? So this one's really funny because uh, in our Sleepers and Keepers podcast, we just talked about Alex Ovechkin. I, I don't think he's a buy low. I'm a little concerned uh, just because the talent around him isn't that great. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We're looking at Matthew Phillips playing on the top line just to get their offense going. At age 38, like Ovechkin's a legend, but father time is undefeated. So 
I mean, is this the, the stage of his career where it really drops off? I'm starting to think so. And he had that two-game stretch where he didn't get a single shot on goal. That is incredible. That, I think, is a bigger, like, more rare stat to me than any Ovechkin goals record. Because you just don't expect it. Yeah, I think you're bang on. We have a, a listener question coming later in the show. And okay, our okay. segments yeah, are, are pretty similar. We, uh, I, I have some similar thoughts that I'll share later on, on Ovi. I think you're bang on. And last week on the show, I talked about when it comes to selling high, you sometimes have to know when not to sell high. If someone shows some, some trends early that actually suggest sustainable production. So is there a hot starting player, even with that small sample size, that you would advise not to sell high? Yeah, again, so there's a couple players, and, and with the league so flush with the young talent, it's always tough to say. But uh, I really like Seth Jarvis, and I know we're going back to the Carolina. That's uh, my guy. Again. Okay, good. Um, just a really great all-round player. I read that he changed his diet over the summer, so uh, lots of shot volume, actually. Uh, top six minutes, uh, power play minutes. Um, I just think there's a lot of upside playing on that team, and Seth Jarvis being a young player. Um, I, I really like his game. I don't know if you guys watch him a lot, but he's all over the place and he's really funny interviews too. So it's always fun to root for a player that you actually like. I like that. Yeah, no, I agree. He's a, he's a guy that's going to be a, a good long-term player. Now to take it away from hockey, have you played <laughs> the new Spider-Man two game? Yet? I bought it. I installed it and I haven't played it yet. Oh, wow. Delayed I just gratification. Have, I know. I know. I just like... I hate when you put in the disc and you have to like wait for it to to like install. So I did that first. I just haven't had the time. And today with 16 games, I'm probably not going to have the time until the weekend. So, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to it. So because I've, I've heard so many good things, like the best selling video game, I think, for the PS5 ever. Yeah. So have, you, have you guys? Yeah. Have you guys played it yet? So I've I've been I think I'm close to halfway done now. Oh, at this point. let's just put it this way. If you don't have a PS5, it's worth buying one for it. Like it's that mm. good of a game. And the first two Spider-Man games are great, but this yeah. is like unbelievable. Without spoiling anything, there is one thing I have a gripe with. And okay. so there's there's two stories: Peter Parker and there's Miles Morales. Yeah. And one is Peter Parker doing the crazy, insane Spider-Man stuff, you know, fighting off essentially mm -hmm. terrorism. And then you got <laughs> Miles Morales, who is cleaning graffiti off the wall and helping people with their photography projects. So <laughs> slightly different, but uh, let's just say the boss battles are incredible. If you were looking for a game yeah, that's nice. similar to the first two, okay. the Spider-Man one and then uh, the Miles Morales game, the combat is exactly the same. It okay. just feels like a new story, and I'm happy they did that. Well, there is a clear hierarchy among Spider-Man too, right? So Peter Parker, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's always at the top. But but there's a third guy that's important too. I'll just say that. Hmm. It's not MJ, is it? I can't tell you who it is. But it's not who you're expecting. Damn it! <laughs> Maybe are we talking multiverse? I assume we are. His multiverse is no, everywhere now. No, it's 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 not. But uh, I'll, I'll just say this: the the characters that we know that are in, based off of just the trailer. So this again, no spoilers. Okay. There's Venom. There's uh, Craven plays a huge part. Yeah. Um, the lizard is as badass as a character I've ever seen, and the fight scene with him, I had to set to the easiest difficulty because I couldn't. <laughs> it took me an hour and a half to do it, and apparently I'm not alone. It is a hard battle, hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a good game. I'm, and, I'm and Sandman. I, I saw like the oh Sandman, like yes, five yes. minutes. Like yeah, Sandman's in there, and he's very like the the Spider-Man three Sandman too, which is okay. Cool. Yeah, look like that in the trailer. 
yeah, there's enough references to other Spider-Man like work that it's like it's kind of cool, and you can get okay. all like the special suits. I just about to unlock the Spider-Man Three Tobey Maguire black suit, which is like my favorite suit of all time. So nice, I'm nice. excited. Nice. The lizard, Doctor Kurt Connors, bringing the thunder. I like it. Oh, he's yeah. He, he was a part of the first game, so I didn't know how he was going to integrate into this one. But mm-hmm. oh boy, it's it's good. Okay, I'm I'm behind because I everything I do in the video game world is like several delayed by several years because I have young kids. And I don't have that much time. So like I I have Spider Man on PS4 and I'm like not done it. Oh, <laughs> I've been playing it for like years. Like every couple months, I'll play for a few hours. So. I'll, I'll I'll play Spider Man two like in I don't know the year twenty twenty four something. It'll be, it'll, it'll be worth it then. It'll be worth it then. Do you have trouble though, like jumping back into the game after so many months off? Yes, I do. So you have to you have to re remember the combat system and yeah. just like, it takes a while to get kind of get a vibe and remember where you were in the story. All that stuff. It's true. It, it's yeah, hard to yeah. to get the momentum. And, so and just, here's what I'll say about Spider Man. It's like I'm guys. I'm a big Spider Man fan, but there's been so many bad Spider Man games. So when the PS4 agreed. version came out and it was insanely good i'm like yeah okay this is the best thing ever so it's just I'm, like it's it's huge yeah just sp- superhero games in general <laughs> i think there have been a lot of bad ones and, and this set the bar really high so <laughs> wow thanks steven now i'm looking really forward to it oh like I, like i literally like a couple of days ago no was it friday just sitting there working i'm like oh come on please i just want to play, <laughs> play and i had to wait till like later that night i'm like yeah. oh but it was worth the wait yeah it's like please hockey world just chill for a second you know yeah we don't yeah. we don't need random guy getting hurt today come on mm-hmm. exactly my my favorite my guilty pleasure was, was super nintendo maximum carnage that was like one yes. i think the first oh. game you could ever play as spidey and venom it was like side scrolling double dragon style just just kind of like beat him up but it was it was lots of fun hard game too um i remember it being hard yeah yeah, yeah, and then and then the the Batman Arkham series would be my my favorites. I love, love those. Games. Oh, those are amazing too. I have those. And I haven't played them yet. Oh what? my gosh! Steve. I have the whole se- I got the whole series on Steam like really cheap, and I have not played them. Okay, you're I think definitely better, like a few years behind there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say better combat engine than the Spider-Man games. I think it's just a I've little heard. more fluid and, and intuitive, at least in my opinion. I thought it was it's a lot easier to be Batman than Spider-Man, but I'm not the authority again. I'm the guy who the dad who plays like once in a blue moon. So. <laughs> uh jason we're gonna let you go now uh you've been great as always and we know you have to start your day you probably have to eat breakfast because it's so late uh, or so early where you are right now so we really appreciate you taking the time but uh just before you go what would you like to promote that you have going on right now with the hockey news yeah so thank you for having me on it's always great to come back to pup poolies um please visit the hockey news fantasy website that's thn.com slash nhl slash fantasy um the sleepers and keepers podcast drops every monday so please listen for that and so thank you again for having me it's been great thanks jason enjoy your gaming session whenever it comes oh i will thank you thanks so much to jason that was great next up it's the prospect update from steven of course and this is someone i want to hear more about i really like the sound of his game. I have not gotten to see him live yet. So tell me who you want to talk about this week, Stephen. Well, if you do get a chance to see Casper Halton in, in person, the San Jose Sharks prospect, you got to do it. London Knights this year, uh, when he joined the team, London already looked like one of the top teams in the OHL. But then you add in a guy who all he does is score. Let's just look at his stat line last year. In the Finnish U20 league, he had 18 goals in 18 games. He had six assists. That's it. Those are goalie stats right there. <laughs> uh, you'll then go and look at the U18s. He had six goals in five games, 10 points. He was just a dominant goal scorer. 
But right now, he at the time of recording, he has nine goals in 11 games with the London Knights. Like this guy is just firing it at all cylinders. He has got one of the hardest shots I've seen out of a prospect. He hits as hard as any prospect. You know, his two-way game, not the greatest. Skating, a bit of whatever. But when it comes to just punishing players, he could do it very well. He's kind of the modern... Uh, modern day power forward. He could shoot, he could hit, he could do all that. Um, he's someone that I think will be kind of maybe a th- like, like he hits and there's sometimes he will get prone to take some bad penalties. There were some really bad penalties he took at the U18s, but I, uh, I think there are other times where he just like, you know, he hits to make an impact, but will then go use, go and steal the puck immediately and fire it in. Give him a chance on the one timer. This guy can shoot the puck. He looks like the one way I could put it is if Steven Stamkos could somehow shoot harder. That's kind of how I look at it when I watch him play. Um, just from a shot perspective, obviously, they're not really built the same. Helton in his 6'3 and loves to punish guys. But for someone who can score and can hit, you know how valuable that could be in fantasy. The things he's not great at don't matter in fantasy. I guess the one question is how will San Jose use him in the long run? But I'm a big fan of him. I think he's he's also a good personality uh, from talking to him a couple times. You know, for someone who, who doesn't have to speak a ton of English, I'd say he's doing a pretty good job. But he's he's just he's having a blast out there. He knows what he's doing. He, his game brings in fans and London fans have been really excited. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, Casper Halton, keep an eye on him. Cool. He sounds very exciting. It almost sounds like he could be a long-term replacement for Timo Meyer in terms of what he's Maybe. bringing to the table. He's someone I, I especially want to see that physical side. I'm excited to eventually get a look at him. Probably won't get to see him myself until he's in the NHL, but you never know. We'll see when we might cross paths. Uh, okay, Stephen, it's time now for our best bets segment, and I'm gonna do maybe the dumbest thing I've ever done <laughs> in this in this segment and uh rachel dory our previous guest is not going to be happy with me because i'm going against her advice i'm going with the parlay baby but i have to okay because today we're recording this podcast it's 9 45 on tuesday morning and it's it's the day it's the 32 team day all 16 teams are playing only the second time in nhl history that there are 32 teams playing on one night first time ever on a weekday so i have to try a parlay a three-team parlay just to see what happens and see and not only am I doing a parlay, that's dumb. I'm doing three road picks, also dumb. I'm picking against the undefeated Stanley Cup champions, also dumb. But why not? If we're going to do it, let's just shoot our shot, and I'm going to explain myself, okay? So the parlay, if we're talking odds here, Batano, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs at minus 167 to beat the Washington Capitals on the road. We have the Edmonton Oilers without Connor McDavid, plus 105 to beat the Minnesota Wild. And we have the Philadelphia Flyers, plus 167, to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. What is going on? I'll explain it, okay? So, my rationale. Leafs going on the road in Washington. We've already talked about Joseph Wall. He's feeling it right now. The Capitals have been pretty bad. I think they've looked like one of the weaker teams in the league. I think Mm -hmm. Joseph Wall can keep that momentum going. He knows he has a chance to seize this job. That's why I like the Leafs. The Oilers pick. My opinion, my prediction is they're going to show more urgency without Connor McDavid. I think they understand this slow start is unacceptable. They're going to simplify their game. They've been a lot better than their record indicates in terms of getting chances. They've had bad puck luck. So I think that luck's going to change even without McDavid. I think at least in the short term, it actually could galvanize the team to work a little harder, get some of those garbage goals, higher percentage shots. So I think the Oilers are going to roll into Minnesota, come up with a gritty win, probably led by Leon Dreisaitl. And the last pick, the Flyers beating Vegas. What is going on here? I think this is a trap game. Vegas has looked invincible so far. They're 6-0, and 
And I think they could get caught looking past the Flyers team that's supposed to be tanking. Philly has been working pretty hard under John Tortorella. Sean Couturier looks reborn. Cam Atkinson looks solid so far as well. Carter Hart has played very well. So just overall, this Flyers team has been a tougher out than expected. I think that's the classic profile of a trap team. So that's why I'm going with this crazy three-team parlay. What do you think? Well, you're going bold here. I'm trying to see if I can see who the goalie is for the Flyers. And we don't have it confirmed yet. It is, again, not even 10 a.m. That would even skate again. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I, I kind of agree with Rachel. Parlays are stupid and a bad decision, but they're a lot of fun. <laughs> and and if I'm correct, also isn't like the the Vegas game at like 11:30 p.m. or something? Yeah, it's 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it's like ridiculously late. You know, I know people really want the staggered uh, starts. I know Shane, a previous guest, really pushes for that. I think it's. I, I got to agree with Frank Saravelli from DFO Live yesterday. I think it's kind of stupid. It's like <laughs> who's watching that game in the East Coast? I know. It's ridiculous. It's I like, wish they do it on the weekend. Like, I wish they could. I know the CBA would never allow this, but like, start a game, like, have the first game at eight in the morning and then have them roll all through Saturday. That would be fun. That's how you get viewers, you get kids. I'm just saying. It's like I looked at the World Junior schedule, and if you're watching from, you know, North America, you're going to love those 6 a.m. starts. So, uh, 6 a.m. Eastern starts. So, that'd be 3 p. 3 a.m. in uh, the West Coast. I feel kind of bad for uh, those people. So, uh, I guess yeah, you want to do some questions now? Let's do it. All righty. First question comes from ECB and is Is this the year that Ovi turns mortal? Yeah, that's an important question in fantasy so far, isn't it? Um, so, he's 38 years old. He has consistently defied the laws of aging. Like, Arguably no player in NHL history, 50 goals at 36, oldest 50 goal scorer ever, had 42 goals in his age 37 season. He has broken those rules, but even Tom Brady, who was the ultimate example, eventually, finally last year, showed signs of a breakdown. As they say, it's the cliche, father time's undefeated, but it comes from a real place. That's why it exists as a cliche. It will happen to Ovi eventually. Is it happening right now? Well, the under the hood signs are actually legitimately concerning. It's not the fact that he hasn't scored. That's fine. But his shot output is by far the lowest of his career. So if you look at his career numbers, his lowest shots per game mark ever was 3.83. He has been above four shots a game, 16 of 18 seasons. Right now he's at 2.25 shots a game. That is a drastic drop. Small sample size, but of course it's concerning. Uh, I think he plays way too much on the power play to totally disappear. He's still going to be fine. But what is his fine now? Is it going to be 40 goals anymore? Maybe not. What if it's 25? What if it's 30? It means he might be more of a secondary depth contributor in fantasy, but maybe he's not going to be a superstar anymore. So I think there is some reason for concern. Yeah, I didn't even want to come close to picking up in fantasy this year. And weird just doesn't feel like alex ovechkin we know so mm -hmm. i hope he ends up being able to break the record it'll feel like we were teased for too long if he ends up missing it but it is what it is next question comes from logan and it, he says should there be any concerns for slow starts from prolific rookie slash sophomore maddie beniers and dawson mercer now the stats that he asked for were outdated at this point but what are your thoughts yeah, so Matty Beniers, I'd say, reason for concern. Just as we said earlier on the show, everything to do with the Kraken, it's kind of got an odor to it right now. And it just feels like, and that was the prediction from our pal Frank Cervalli, it feels like the Kraken are regressing massively, which kind of makes sense in hindsight. It's not like they were driven by this huge group of homegrown stars. They were way ahead of schedule last year. And it seems like that luck is running out. So for Matty Beniers, 
if everyone on the team is not finishing as much, that means fewer opportunities for him in terms of getting assists or just being set up by teammates. But also, he, as I've said before, he's an all-around player. It's not like Matty Beniers is supposed to become this 90, 100-point superstar. He's going to be someone who maybe his ceiling is more like a Nico Heischer type of player where he's effective everywhere. That makes him a little bit overrated, I think, in fantasy and a better real-life player. So... I wasn't the biggest Matty Beniers fan in fantasy to begin with, and it seems like the arrow's pointing down for Seattle. There's reason for concern there. Dawson Mercer, I, I'm more confident in a turnaround to a degree. I thought he was going to bust out and be a 70-point player this year, but the problem is the Devils are so deep, he's playing outside the top six right now. So I wonder if maybe he's going to be more a repeat of last year where he's in the high 20s in goals and the high 50s in points because the ice time is the same, but 16 and a half minutes. I was counting on an increase in ice time. Have not seen that so far from Lindy Ruff. So I think Mercer can get back to what he was, but I just, maybe I was wrong about predicting the big breakout. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting a huge breakout for him. I feel like he'll kind of mellow out and just be this guy you can consistently get, I don't know, 55 points at four. Um, and that'd be a good thing. But uh, yeah, I've, I had both of them in different pools and I've dropped both of them since then. That's that. Uh, all right. Ready to do some starting lineup? Oh, am I ever, Steven? I'm excited oh. about this one. I'm angry. <laughs> okay. So you are going to be talking about your six most hated movie cliches. Yes. And by cliches in this case, we mean tropes. And by tropes, what I'm picking a fight with here are things that happen in so many movies that are total BS because they never would happen in real life. And I don't know why they happen in so many movies and whose idea these things were. So We'll start at the bottom. Number six, people in bar and club scenes who aren't yelling. What? <laughs> you can't hear each other. If you're trying to talk to someone on the dance floor at a club, you can't talk at this volume. You're putting your whole face into their ear. I said, this is fun. What? I said, this is fun. And you can barely talk to each other. That's an actual movie or club scene. No one can hear each other. That's BS. Number five, this is, I don't know if it's a family podcast, but it's, you know, it's, it's not not a family podcast. So I'll keep it clean. But I'll just say sex scenes in the pool and in the shower, you see a lot of those in movies. In real life, it's not so practical. It's not so easy to do that. So I'm going to leave it at that. Number four, when bad guys in action movies take turns to fight the hero one at a time, just swarm him. A couple of you are going to get some shots from John Wick, but if 10 guys are just piling on John Wick, eventually you're going to take him down. Why do you have to take turns? Number three, when people hang up in phone calls and don't say goodbye. No one says bye on the phone in movies. You're just talking to somebody and you just hang up on them. And that's considered normal. It happens all the time, not realistic. <laughs> Number two, this one goes way back. It's gotten better. This was worse in sitcoms, but you still see it in some movies. People, and I'm doing this with my hands if you're listening, not watching, I'm wiggling my hands. People who drive like this in movies and are constantly just wiggling the steering wheel no one if you were driving like that in real life your car would be all over the road you get pulled over by the police you'd be asked to walk in a straight line you'd be accused of being <laughs> drunk realistic movie driving is just sitting there barely even moving the wheel i don't know who who invented the stupid wiggle thing doesn't happen and number one this one is like so far above the rest that like i actually i can feel my heart rate going up how many times have you seen this in a movie someone is trying to get away they're trying to find a car. They get into a car. They start searching around the car. Come on, come on, keys, keys. They put their hand up to the sun visor and they find a goddamn set of car keys that the person who owns the car, they just leave. 
their own car keys in the sun visor? No one in the history of the world has ever done that. No one would be that stupid. Why would you leave your car in a parking lot with your own car keys that can some, someone can just come and take it? I already knew this was my answer, and then I watched a show last night, and it happened again. I said, are you kidding me? No <laughs> one leaves their goddamn keys in their own car in the goddamn sun visor. Stop doing it. I don't know why it's accepted, why it happens in so many movies. No one has ever done this ever. I'm done. Wow. Okay, that's the best. I, I will say to a couple of those, the driving thing, I always love seeing it because it's so funny because it's like, no, you are crashing into every single, like you're, you're going to the oncoming traffic. You're doing that. Uh, if we talked about the Spider-Man video game earlier with Jason and the one thing I'll say was um, <laughs> the my, my, one of my favorite things about the game is you'll go into a battle and there's seven or eight guys and they all just kind of attack you one by one and, but i can go attack anybody i want so it's really easy and then when they're done that there's another 20 guys that show up why didn't you just bring like 25 guys <laughs> to start and just like that's the, you know that spider-man's gonna beat everybody up so give your chance like why wait just beat them up right then um uh yeah so <laughs> I, th I think you win the best one so far all right. I'm sorry I got hot and bothered, but just that key in the sun visor thing, it just drives me crazy. And I can't believe that after we prepared the show that I literally saw it happen in another show last night. And I was like, come on. So I'm going to let my heart rate return to normal. That's it for this week's episode. We're back in our season, season rhythm. We'll be back with more fantasy tips next week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening and watching. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 